Welcome to the Being Rare podcast. I am your host, Sarita Edwards. Being Rare is an online resource hub and community conversations platform. We'll talk about living with rare disease, disability, medical complexities, and special health needs. From time to time, we'll have some amazing guests to help us with those conversations. Stay up to date by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Being Rare podcast. I am your host, Sarita Edwards. I am so excited to have you join us for today's conversation. So today we're talking about Rare Disease Day, which is the last day of February each year. For 2022, Rare Disease Day is Monday, February 28th. To help us talk about Rare Disease Day, we are joined by Sarah Tompkins, patient advocate, Rare Disease Rare Disease Week Advisory Chair for the Everlife Foundation, um, Rare Disease Legislative Advocates, and Miss Wheelchair Washington, USA 2022. Sarah, welcome and thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Sarita. I'm so excited to talk about Rare Disease Day and my rare disease advocacy and a little bit about my Miss Wheelchair Washington USA platform, awesome. which dives into all of this. Awesome, awesome. We are so excited that you were able to join us. So one of the first questions um, I think is really important to everybody is what exactly is Rare Disease Day? We know that it's the last day of February. Um, and in a leap year, that means February 29th. But we know that it's the last day of February. What exactly is Rare Disease Day? And why do you think it's so important? You know, Rare Disease Day is so important because we know that one in 10 Americans is affected by a rare disease. And pardon me, just looking for my numbers. Here we go. Um, and that number, pardon me. We know that uh, one in 10 Americans is affected by a rare disease and that that makes up in the state of Washington, approximately 750,000 patients. What that's really looking at and also 30 million Americans across the country, plus more, I'm sure, but those are just the patients. And really the whole community includes their caregivers, their parents, uh, their friends, their families, and the communities that they're involved in. And we really want to do everything that we can to further that development of treatment and cures for the 7,000 known rare diseases, 94% of which do not have treatments or cures, like my own Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, dysautonomia Syndrome, Gastroparesis Syndrome, and more. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that was that was going to be um, my very next question. What is um, what is your diagnosis and um, and how long have you been on um, on this journey of, of rare disease living? Yeah, thank you. Excellent question. Um, you know, my diagnosis are a few. I have, as I mentioned, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a kinetic uh, sorry, pardon me, a genetic connective tissue disease, uh, which causes me to make faulty or stretchy unhealthy collagen. And collagen is the main protein building block of our tissue. So it results in affecting every system of my body in some way. I have been so privileged to have been disabled under the age of 26, allowing me to be on my father's insurance, where I have been so fortunate to have uh, 50 different surgeries and procedures to stabilize shoulders, hips, thumbs, wrists, elbows, uh, 
and the list goes on in multiple times. I'm currently recovering from my sixth hip surgery right now. And so uh, even though there's no cure or treatment for Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, I've been fortunate to have surgical repairs to really help me stave off some of that stretchy tissue issue problems uh, orthopedically. Um, Another diagnosis that I have is dysautonomia syndrome. Um, because of this stretchy tissue issue, again, uh, my veins tend to pool blood when I stand up rather than pumping them up. So I often have uh, increased risk of fainting or falling and uh, causing even more injuries and needs for surgeries. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I've been really lucky to not only have these surgeries, but IV infusion solutions, uh, IV uh, infusions daily that help regulate that blood pressure and decrease the risk of me falling. And so I am so privileged to not only advocate for myself, but knowing that when I'm sharing my advocacy story, I'm really advocating for others. I'm advocating for my communities. I'm advocating for the rare disease community, chronic pain community, Ehlers-Danlos community, invisible disability community, and really invisible illnesses, because I think it's so important that you might not uh, see that I have all these conditions looking at me, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm not a full-time patient and that this is a big uh, part of my life. And my journey was really inspired. Uh, in 2014, I lost my best friend, Kelly, who shared my Ehlers-Danlos syndrome diagnosis. Uh, it was unexpected. She was on her way to the NIH for a study and had been traveling home to Kansas and got sick and unexpectedly passed away. And when I saw that her death closed that study, it, it really motivated me to pick up the torch and start not only advocating for NIH and FDA funding, but learning more about that legislative journey as well and how I can make a bigger difference. Wow, that is amazing. Like that oh, is amazing. So I saw um, you are the um, Rare Disease Week 2022 Advocacy Chair. Um, I have to just shout out that I am her co-chair. I'm super yes, excited. for team. Right, like I'm so excited to be working with Sarah um, in RDLA for um, Rare Disease Week 2022. Um, your journey of advocacy, it, it pushed you over into um, a space of, of legislative uh, yeah. policy. And, and why do you think that's so important for um, patients and caregivers and um, advocates in the rare disease community? Why is it important for us to to use our journeys to spark legislative change? That's such an important question. I'm so glad you asked it. <clears throat> Pardon me. I really learned about this, this so full circle because I really learned about the Miss Wheelchair Pageant at Rare Disease Week. Wow. And what's amazing about Rare Disease Week and Rare Disease Day is that you're bringing together not only your own patient community, but other patient communities that when you sit down with other advocates, you share so much in common that it really, it's not only validating, it's empowering. Um, it really helps you build your self-confidence being around people that understand and relate to your journey. And it's really surprising, despite the huge disparity in symptoms or diseases, mm -hmm. that we can share that 
struggle of having to learn how to advocate for ourselves for a diagnosis, knowing it takes an average of sometimes up to nine years yeah. and over 16 providers to get a diagnosis. So we really know, and that's from the Every Life Foundation's economic burden of rare disease study. Um, it's really taught us so much that the rare disease community has been shouldering a lot of the burden to try to get us progressed to treatments and cures. And we need that legislative and policy support and, uh, <clears throat> and uh, help as well in really helping us push the needle forward. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it really is um, so important. You know, one thing that you said that really stood out to me too is how in the rare disease community, there are so many uh, different diagnoses and, and diseases, but there's collective effort. Um, and I think that that's so important. I found a lot of my tribe and my strength um, and confidence from the rare disease space. Um, and, and it was just a collective group of individuals who um, empowered me on this journey for, and, and I'm a parent advocate. Um, you know, my, my, my little guy is the one with the, with the actual rare disease, but, but even as a parent advocate to be able to connect with patients and other caregivers, um, it's, it's been huge on, on my journey. So um, I'm so glad to be a part of the rare disease community and, and in that space with some folks who really, really want to see some things changed for the community. Um, exactly. It's super important. So you shared before, um, just during our email dialogue, that your rare disease advocacy is the cornerstone of your motivation to be Miss Wheelchair Washington USA 2022. So tell us a little bit about that. We know that uh, you learned about it through uh, some work you were doing with Everlife Foundation. How did you actually get started in pageantry and what was, what was that like for you crossing over into that space? You know, it, it has been such an incredible blessing. Uh, during that rare disease week, when speaking with other EDS and other rare disease advocates and learning about Miss Wheelchair USA, and as I learned more about the Dane Foundation, which is the host and sponsor of Miss Wheelchair USA, it's an all-volunteer corporation, and they serve the disabled community in so many ways with projects. And in, their, in my pageant, uh, I actually started last year competing as Miss Wheelchair Pacific Coast USA 2021 for Miss Wheelchair USA. And I had the incredible honor of coming in as second runner up. And it has been, it was such a fulfilling and unforgettable experience. I made friends for a lifetime and I really feel like I found another tribe similar to I have in the rare disease community. And what's amazing is with my patient advocacy, sometimes I feel like I'm wearing my disabled advocacy, invisible illness, rare disease, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, all these different hats. And what I love about this pageant is I'm able to wear a crown and represent all of them. Yes. And Yes, and my platform this year, uh, competing for Miss Wheelchair Wash or sorry, Miss Wheelchair USA 2022 this July for the national competition in Ohio. Uh, my platform is practice self care for your healthcare, and that has really come about because I've realized that 
being a patient advocate or sharing my story, being involved in my communities and advocating for disability, rare disease, EDS, invisible illness, and the glamour of people with invisible illnesses and that just because we might be dressed up has no relation or bearing to our health, really. Um, it's just been so inspiring and really healing for me. And I want people to know that that part of uh, advocacy where you're sharing your story and finding others in your community and finding your tribe and like-minded people that will empower and further that advocacy and support you in that mm -hmm. um, is truly invaluable. And I've really found that in the Miss Wheelchair USA pageant family. And I'm so excited this year to represent the Evergreen State and really further this idea that self-care is whatever you make it that makes you feel better. And for me, being able to share my stories really built my confidence, as I've said, and self-esteem and just made me feel a, a sense of belonging to communities that has really given me such purpose and meaning that I'm very passionate about. Thank you so much for asking about it. That is so amazing. And, you know, and that's a nugget to our listeners um, and to our viewers who actually watch the, the live video recording. Um, you know, it's, it's okay to share your story. I think, I think a lot of times we find ourselves in a place of we either don't want to share it for whatever the reason, and that's okay too. Um, but um, I'm, I'm, I know for myself, my immediate hesitancy was I felt like, I felt like nobody wanted to hear it, or I felt like, um, you know, I, I, it, it seemed like a sense of pressure almost like, my situation was different or better than someone else's. It was just, it was this internal competition that I was creating that was preventing me from sharing it. And it wasn't until I got to a place that I realized, even if my story is similar or completely different than someone else's, the person who gets hope from me sharing it is who the message was for. And so I just, I just jumped in and decided, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about our journeys and we're going to talk about what we're going through and the things that we're experiencing. And so I hope that message really resonates with someone who, who may be joining us and, 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 um, and empowers you to share your story if that's something you choose to do. Um, yes. so, yeah. Did you go ahead if you wanted to say Oh, something. yeah. Well, so just... In that, in that same train of thought, I, I think that it's been so incredible that when you're advocating for yourself, um, be that with nurses, doctors, with your providers, with your caregivers, with your family, with your friends, you are advocating for other people because you're hopefully improving that experience for the next person. And so I think that even if it's not legislative advocacy, there is really no limit to the medium in which you want to advocate. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about in this advocacy and awareness I'm bringing through Miss Wheelchair USA. I get to really have fun and be my glamorous self and get into my passions of art and beauty and fashion, yeah. but also show that they're just as equally important to me for my self-care as my advocacy and representing my community and speaking of our needs to the policy and policymakers and stakeholders who matter. And that is, um, if everybody could do that, I can't imagine the change 
when I speak to other uh, people in my patient population, uh, patient community who are interested in advocating, but look at me and think, well, you're doing a really great job. I always sort of respond, thank you so much, but can you imagine how much more powerful if both of us came and you spoke or we spoke together? Or can you imagine if we all came Mm -hmm. from the state Mm -hmm. or if every patient of a patient population showed up, can you imagine the message that that would send and that there really is no max to the advocates we need? We need everybody who's a part of the rare disease community on this Mm -hmm. because we are going to be stronger together using each other as resources. And as you spoke to really being each other's cheerleaders, I think it's unique in this community where we know that one rare disease getting a treatment or cure speaks for all of us getting one step closer to that and people are so great at sharing tips and info and what they've learned and their lessons that it's been a huge I feel like I learn more every year and that's just incredible and so regardless of your experience level you're going to develop better skills and develop you as an advocate when you get involved that's right that's right that's right that's right and 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 if y'all didn't catch it Advocacy looks different for everybody. You find your level of advocacy and what that looks like for you, and that's how you advocate. And I think, you know, I think that's so important for people to understand. You you don't have to you don't have to be the the level of advocacy the the level of advocate that someone else is, right? You you find your advocacy vibe and 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 make that work for you and and your journey. We just we just want folks talking about it and. And, and raising awareness about the rare disease community and why days like Rare Disease Day um, is so important um, to yes. our, our stakeholders. Um, so um, Sarah has already mentioned that she is getting ready to compete in um, Miss Wheelchair USA 2022. Um, we are so excited to um, champion her for that. Um, and that is this July. Um, are, are, are folks able to support you in that, in that regard? Like, can people yes. get involved in any way? How can people support your efforts on that journey? Thank you so much. Yes, one of the ways that I'm really looking for support is um, looking for sponsors and financial support and visiting the danefoundation.org. Uh, you can find a Miss Wheelchair link with how to support the contestants and in there you'll see a Sarah Tompkins, Miss Wheelchair Washington, as well as meeting our other contestants for this year as well. And we have such an incredible group of women who are also passionate about their advocacy. I'm so excited to be doing this competition with them, but similar to the rare disease community, it really feels like family. And then we all cheerlead and support each other and believe in each other's advocacy. And that's what really stands out to me about this sisterhood of pageant contestants and really gaining friendships and learning more about their advocacy has been incredible. And so it's just a gift that keeps giving. And uh, please not only visit uh, thedanefoundation.org, but misswheelchairusa.org. You can also please follow me on social media on Instagram. It's misswheelchairusa. And on Facebook, uh, Miss Wheelchair Washington USA 2022. 
Awesome. Awesome. So we have thoroughly enjoyed talking about Sarah. Again, we wanted to feature her for our Rare Disease Day episode. Um, as we start our wrap up, um, I do want to ask Sarah, um, what advice would you give to a patient, a family um, that's newly diagnosed, recently starting their rare disease journey? Such a great question because there is no roadmap to diagnosis. First off, I would say it, on some level, congratulations, because you need that validation and you need that diagnosis code to get the other treatments that might be available to you. And I know that if you have a diagnosis, you've probably spent years to get it. You probably have seen more specialists than you can count and been through a lot of um, invalidation and not necessarily being believed fully. And I am so glad when patients tell me that they've reached that point of diagnosis. Um, but I welcome you to learn. I think there are two steps that I really tell all new patients, and that's one, find your community, whether that's your patient community, uh, the rare disease community, chronic illness, dis disabled community, whatever really uh, is going to suit you in terms of making relationships that will help support you in your journey. And my second advice would be to learn how to be your own best advocate. And as Sarita said, there are different levels to that. And it really is whatever works best for you and your level of involvement that you can do. We know living with rare conditions, often symptoms make it so you can't always be consistent and you aren't able to predict what your schedule might be like. Um, but that's one thing unique about RDLA and the Every Life Foundation is that they are very understanding and supportive of that. And if you're not able to attend a meeting, you can still get the contact info to follow up with your policymakers. So it's really not the barrier that maybe it feels like because there's always a way to still make that connection. And in advocating, you're not only going to gain such validation, um, but you're going to gain self-confidence and self-esteem that will help you in your patient, uh, in your patient world with practitioners hearing that confidence and hearing you speak confidently about your advocacy and your diagnosis helps them know right off the bat, this is what you're going through and this is how I can help you. Mm -hmm. And it, personally, it's really helped uh, impact my healthcare to be better and for me to have more um, authority in my own healthcare and to be a stakeholder at it and to say, hey, I am part of this care and my perspective matters in this. Mm -hmm. And my practitioners all respect that now. And that has really improved my quality of life. Mm -hmm. That's really, really great advice. It really is great advice. Guys, two, two tips. Thank Find you. your community. Yes. Your best advocate. That, exactly. I mean, those are like nuggets right there. And then she just unwrapped all of it for us like a present. Can I add one more? Absolutely. Be your own best caregiver. It's not always intuitive, especially when you need care from others or you are a caregiver yourself. Um, you prioritize others. And I think that, especially for me, because I need help with transportation and hygiene and so much, especially after a post-op, um, it, it can feel hard. And I've learned that by really being positive, practicing that kindness and forgiveness with myself and not putting pressure on myself and saying healing is productive, that is my job right now, yeah. um, that that's important. And I think that everybody can learn to be their own best caregiver. It's not 
innate to us, especially when we're caring for our loved ones and other people, but you're going to be the best at helping others when you take the best care of yourself. Yes. And that's so important. That is very important. I mean, that's the best self-care advice right there. Be your very best caregiver. Like put your, it's okay to put yourself um, and your needs first, because a lot of times um, I think we dismiss it or like you said, that we, we feel that, that pressure or that, that guilt or, you know, whatever that case may be, but we really have to extend grace to ourselves. Yes. Right? Like, just like we, like we extend it to others. We, 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 you know, we have a, a, a due diligence to receive grace too. And it's okay to give it to ourselves. So that's really, really um, good advice. Um, we like to close every single podcast um, with our guest leaving our listeners um, with a message of hope. What would you leave us with um, as we transition to our close, a message of hope to the Being Rare podcast listening audience? I think that my message of hope would be that, as I said, advocating for yourself is advocating for others. And that's one of the best things that you can do because not only are you bettering your own self and care, but also for others. And through this rare disease advocacy, I have, I've become so confident. I wish I could go back to my 15 year old high school self when symptoms onset and say, you're not alone. Um, there are other patients like you, this chronic pain is not in your head and you're going to connect the dots that make all of this make sense. And not only that, but you'll find a tribe of people that support, love, encourage, and empower you, your advocacy, and you doing your best. Yeah. And they're not going to look at you for your disease and symptoms, but you as a person. And it took me a while to do that myself. And um, I think that just everyone has that power and that capability for themselves to really put themselves first, be their best advocate and caregiver. And if everyone did that, I can't imagine the forward motion of change that we could really establish happening. And just like with Rare Disease Day, when we all come together, we're on a mission to make change. Right. And rare disease uh, is not just our community's problem. It's everybody, it's our country's problem. It's our whole society's problem. And I'm so excited that we're growing this community and empowering all of our advocates because um, just in seeing some of the legislation we've passed in the few years that I've been legislatively advocating has given me so much hope. And I'm really excited to see what legislation will pass next and the treatments and discoveries around the corner that are coming because it's on its way. And I'm just, I encourage you all to be hopeful. Awesome, amen. Yes. Oh, we have, had, so we have had such an amazing conversation with Sarah. If you are listening to this episode, today is February 28th, 
Rare Disease Day, a day that's super important to the rare disease community. Um, we hope that it's spilling over, uh, becoming super important to everyone in the community. Um, again, joining us is Sarah Tompkins. We are so grateful that she spent this time with us um, to support Sarah in her upcoming pageant, um, Miss Wheelchair USA 2022, that's happening in July. Um, we're gonna put the information about how you can connect with Sarah on social media, how you can support um, this pageant um, through the Danes Foundation. We'll make sure to put those links um, in the description of this episode. And um, as always, if ever um, the Being Rare podcast can be a support system for you, reach out to us. We are happy to do so. Um, until the next episode, thank you again, Sarah. Um, Y'all keep being rare. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Sarita. Hey guys, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave us a comment and a review. To stay up to date on current conversations, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also find a video version of today's conversation on our Being Rare YouTube channel. To connect with me, find me on social media at Sarita Edwards. Until the next episode, be rare. Edwards syndrome, commonly known as trisomy 18, is a rare chromosome abnormality. The EWI Foundation is a 501c3 healthcare advocacy organization created to support families living with Edwards syndrome. The EWI Foundation offers health literacy and community resources, comfort care, and financial support. Information at theewefoundation.org.